Welcome, welcome, welcome as we, uh, as we share together on this beautiful day. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil, and uh, we're glad to worship together on this beautiful Easter day. We've already had one worship service. We've already had food here. We've got a, another worship service uh, happening later. I want to say welcome to if you're engaging with us uh, online also. Glad that you're joining with us. But this is a beautiful day. This is the day the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice, we're going to sing, we're going to pray, we're going to share in God's Word, and just be glad in all that God has done and given for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.
Aren't you happy that God so loved the world? Yes. Well, you don't sound that excited, though. Are you happy that God so loved the world? Yes. We want to give you all the praise today. And we serve a risen Savior. You deserve it. 
God, thank you for being here and meeting us in this place and, and receiving our praise and our hallelujahs that we lift up to you. Amen and amen. amen. Um, we have this uh, part in our worship where we, we focus in on our pegs, you know, those like tent pegs, those grounding stakes that, uh, that, commu- that hold us together as a community, and that's uh, our pegs are pray, engage, give, and serve, and those or what we pray is the commitment of each of us as we are part of the community of faith to pray, engage, and give, and serve in the, the community of faith. Um, uh, so in that vein, let me remind you about the giving. It's, you know, it's Easter time, and there are offering plates here. We don't pass offering plates anymore. There's also online and digital ways that you can do the giving, so I hope that you'll engage in uh, worship in that way and, and continue your giving in that way. But I also want to share with you today a, uh, a way that you can give in a way that will multiply in the, uh, in the years ahead. Um, if you haven't been aware, we built this new building recently in the last year. We've just been in it not quite a year, almost a year, again, quite a year. And so the building process is done. We got our certificate of occupancy. We've kind of been in it. But the loan has not been finalized yet. Okay, we're still kind of in this building process, but the loan will be finalized and will be closed in a couple of months. So here's what we can do for our over and above giving right now. Over and above gifts that are given to the principal, and you can put that on your gift, you know, principal or, you know, new building or something, that are given at this time, we can lay it down against the principal, which will then, of course, do what? You all know how loans work, right? That reduces the, you know, payments. You know, even if you give a dollar towards the principal, it changes the, uh, the loan payment in some way and reduces that. And so it will have an effect for the life of the, the loan. And so I want to invite you to prayerfully consider that uh, during this Easter season uh, uh, today or in the weeks ahead. I'll probably send out a letter about it too. But this will be an opportunity during this time to give that extra over and above gift and give it towards that principal of the new building, the mission building that is in constant use every day, you know, constantly, whether it's our office stuff in the morning, our food distribution on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoons, our our other gatherings and community uh, mission groups that come in there and do support groups and other things. All kinds of stuff happens in that building all the time already. But there's a way that we can give that will impact for another generation if we do that special giving now. So I want to invite you to consider that at this time. It's a great way to engage engage in the church and to give in a way that will have even a greater impact as we go forward. Amen? Amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads with me for this morning's prayer. Surprising and awesome God, we gather in your presence to rejoice in the light of the empty tomb. The stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty. Now the world is different. Easter renews our senses so we can see the grass grow and hear the flower unfold. Now we can watch trees dance and start to sing. We can be touched by the ordinary and hurled into mystery. Your whole world is alive with wonder. Now our lives are made new. 
Hurtful memories are bathed in your healing light. Dead ends grow new options. Frustrating despair is turned into joy, and hardened perceptions yield to flowing insights. Our lives are alive with your love for us. Now is the beginning of our new day in your life-giving way. Fill our hearts with joy, our minds with hope, and set us upon your Easter path. As we gather to worship, our words seem too timid, and our songs not loud enough to trumpet our joy, to express our gratitude. Hear the glad beating of our hearts and the songs we long to shout, for you, has br you have brought us to life. Help us to show the world the possibilities for living life, surrounded by your awesome love and surprising grace. As we pray these words your son taught us to, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen.
All right, so here's, here's what you came for, right? This is what you came for. This story right here. Um, we, hear, we hear this story in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They all have uh, this story at the sunrise service. We shared in the, uh, the John version of the story. Uh, the John version of the story is a little exhausting to me. There's a lot of running going on and uh, people running back and forth. But here's the uh, story, the resurrection story for today from the Gospel of Luke. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and, and bowed their faces toward the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here. But he's been raised. Remember, remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee. That the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, rise again. Then they remembered. They remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was uh, Mary Magdalene. Uh, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense. And they didn't believe the women. But Peter, but Peter ran to the tomb, and when he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering, wondering what had happened. Amen and amen. Oh, gracious God, we come with a sense of wonder. Amen and amen. All right, so we need a good Easter, don't we? We need a good Easter. It's been a, a long couple of years. We've spent a good deal of time as the church community kind of scattered and the church community is coming back in different ways. Two years of COVID and still, you know, we hear news of new strains happening overseas and uh, people like, do you wear masks? Do you not wear masks? What's respectful? What's not respectful? What are, what are the vaccines these days? And so we just need a good Easter. You know, all of this hemming and hawing and trying to figure that out, we, we need a good Easter because there's been this fear that seem to like take hold of so many of us during this time. But not only that, but there's also these economic insecurities. And when things get economically insecure, oh boy, do people get afraid, right? Fear comes. I mean, you see housing markets going nuts and, you know, used cars becoming more expensive and all these economic insecurities and what's happening with our works and our jobs and this and that. And so fear begins to come in. Oh, Fear. We need a good Easter, right? We need a, we, we need a good Easter. And, and, of course, now we have this horrific war going on. And so globally, 
we've got things that are inspiring fear in us, right? You know, because globally these atrocities are going on over in Europe related to a war. And those are just the kind of the big picture stuff, but our own personal lives. Our own personal lives, maybe there's illness or broken relationships or other things that have come into our personal lives. Maybe it's our, our work or our business and even our church. You know, things are just so different and, and it's easy for fear to sneak in. What we need is we need the energy and the good vibes of a good Easter, right? We need a good Easter. We, we, need, those, uh, we need those good vibes. We need, that, we need that good feeling of a good Easter. We've, we've been trying to do that as a church. We do this first Sunday thing right now that we've been trying uh, the first part of this year, and we'll do it again in, in May and June. First Sunday, one worship service, rally around the communion table. Everybody come together at, at 10 o'clock, and hear me say clearly, folks, we'll do it again in two weeks, first Sunday of May, one worship service, because we need those, that energy. We need those good vibes. We need a good Easter because we need a little hope. We need a little hope. We need those good vibes. We need like this new life. We need to emerge out of this. You know, the, the big word for that is resurrection, right? We need to emerge out of this. The thing is, to find new life, to find new life, to find that sense of resurrection, th th just the concept that it's a new life, it takes a little bit of reforming. Forming things again. It put it in a new form. When Jesus is resurrected, the bodily resurrection, it's a different relationship now than he had previously. Things need to be reformed. We go through struggles. We go through hardships in our life. We go through disasters. And those things kind of break things down and tear things apart in our own lives and in our world around us. And if things are broken down, what happens is that we need to rebuild. Things need to be put back into a form again. There has to be a reform, and we need to allow God to do this work of reformation in us, to reform us and to form us again. And this happened very clearly with Peter. The Peter, the, his life was reformed. Let's remember how Peter's story began. He was a fisherman just kind of enjoying himself on the Sea of Galilee, and who wouldn't love going boating every day, right? And that was Peter's life, boating every day and the, the work of a fisherman. But he followed Jesus. He responded to Jesus' call. He responded. He wanted to follow Jesus, and he, he followed. Um, and he was the best of followers. He was at all the Bible studies. He witnessed all of the miracles and the good things. And when Jesus asked a question, he went, oh, oh, I got an answer. You're the Christ. You know, you're, you're the Christ. You're, you're the one. And, and I'll go with you wherever you go. And when Jesus talks about the struggle is going to be, oh, Jesus, I'm right beside you. I'm going to go with you to the death. I'm there with you. But then when the crisis moment came, when fear struck in, snuck in, when he was afraid for his own life and what that would mean, what did Peter do? He denied Jesus. He denied him over and over again. The best of intentions, but now this crisis has hit his life. This disaster has hit his life, and the disaster was this, this brokenness. And so when Mary and Mary and Joanna and the other women uh, 
do their job, do their work, and they go looking for the dead Jesus to take care of a, of a dead body. When they return with this story and this news, a painful story, a bewildering story, a bit of a scary story, you know, the dead aren't where they're supposed to be. That can be a little scary. Everyone's confused. Everyone's kind of lost. This disaster has happened. And Peter needed hope. He needed comfort. He needed something in the midst of that. And when he went to the tomb, he still didn't get it. He still didn't get that full comfort or that full hope. There was, there was just these cloths that were there, left behind, just a little bit of dirty laundry. And he was left in wonder, what is going on? What's next? What's next for Peter is a reforming of his life. What happens after the disaster? What happens after the brokenness? What happens after the lost relationship? This reforming in his life. And it did something unbelievable in him, as, we can, as can be evidenced in the book of Acts, chapter 10. The book of Acts, chapter 10, has these words. has Peter getting up in front of folks, and, and Peter the fisherman getting up in front of people, you know, and saying these words. Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. This is the message of peace. He sent to the Israelites by proclaiming the good news through Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. You know about Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and endowed with power. Jesus traveled around doing good and healing everyone oppressed by the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did, both in Judea and Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and allowed him to be seen, not by everyone, but by us. We are witnesses whom God chose beforehand, who ate and drank with him after God raised him from the dead. He commanded us to preach, to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter boldly preaching. Who would have thunk it, right? Who would have thunk that Peter would be up there? Peter is a different man. There's something very different about him. He's a preacher now. This fisherman who had said, I'll follow you, Jesus, and then at the crisis moment denied Jesus, is now a bold public speaker, a leader in a movement that would begin to reform and change the world? What's going on here? Well, what's going on is Peter has been reformed. 
He has been changed. He has been given this new life. And now he's about telling his witness and his story. And it's such a beautiful witness. It's a witness that, you know, that only he could give. There was this baptism that we, that we saw. And the baptism came with this Holy Spirit power coming over him. And he was led by this power. And he went out with this power of God. And he was doing these miracles and healing people and teaching in ways that people would follow him and, and drawing people to him and, and learning these wonderful lessons. But then there was a crisis. There was a death. But out of that death came a resurrection. And from that resurrection came community. And Peter, of anybody, was, had experienced that what it is to be reconciled, to be reformed, to be brought back together after that relationship had been severely damaged in the denial. And so now we have this, this community and we come together in community. And then Peter says, and so we were sent to preach and I'm sent to preach and so now we're preachers. Peter is a different man. This Galilee fisherman is now a traveling preacher new life he got a good easter he got a good easter new life this hope that fills him and he's become a leader in the faith community jesus's resurrection offers us new life and that new life takes a bit of reforming reforming our hearts, our lives, and who we are, and reforming our community. I know it's happened in my life. My, my personal story is about Jesus reforming my life over and over and over and over again. As a teenager, in my teen years, I, I struggled with a severe crisis of self-image, dealing with a learning disability and what they called back in those days special schools and special learning. And so I was really special, you know, and, uh, but also extremely hyperactive and all over the place and, and struggling with learning and all of that. But into that, in my, in my mid to late teenage years, there was this call put on my life, this call of, of Jesus speaking something into my heart and my life and literally giving me some form because I'm not kidding you when I say I was all over the place. You know, if you can't tell. Um, and I was all over the place. And so I needed this form. And the call on my life gave it some form. The form that I needed to respond to that call. And the schooling and the education and then the, 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 evol the evol evolving of that call into to pastoral ministry. And I began pastoral ministry and, and felt that I, God was using me. But then another disaster struck my life. A disaster that's called Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Yes, I know I don't look it, but I'm that old. Yeah, but in 1992, Hurricane Andrew struck, and it damaged my home, it damaged my community, it damaged my parents' home tremendously. My, my brother and his wife lost their, their home for months and months and months and months. Uh, I was uh, drafted into food distribution for the United Methodist uh, Response and working with our response groups, and then shortly after that hurricane, in the midst of that response and all of that work, a broken relationship emerged in my life, and a divorce happened. A hurricane, a divorce, it was a crisis. I was ready to lay down the ministry. 
I was ready to walk away. I had looked at other things. But God offered a resurrection. But it took a reforming of my life. It took a move, literally, to take me out of my home that I had always known in Miami. I grew up down in South Florida. To take me out of my home and, and put me in North Florida. Ugh. You know? But in North Florida, new relationships happened and new ways of learning began to happen and God began to put a new form on my life and to form me up once again and, and I felt this call to ministry. But then another crisis happened. And I call this the crisis of parenting because, see, I was a single dad and me and my little boy were doing just great. But in a 14-month period, I went from being a single dad to being part of a family of five in a 14-month window, okay? That creates a little crisis. That's how this happened. Yeah. yeah. But again, this is part of the reforming, right? This is, you know, God making a, a, a new me and, and a new life out of that and new relationships and all of that, that new hope that is put within me to form that because now I've, I've got this new focus that forms me and that's the focus of, of partnering with, with Amy and, and leading this family of five and, and loving on these boys and offering these boys the love of Jesus Christ. And God reformed me again and gave me this focus on this, what it is to be a parent. And now another crisis has hit. A crisis has hit all of us, and we call it COVID. This era of the last two years has affected all of us in one way or another. It's certainly affected our community and how we go about community. And there's a lot of reforming going on. How many more of your meetings now are done on Zoom or some other platform than it were ever done before, right? Our patterns of life are changing. Forms of how we do things are changing. And I know that it's happening in me. There is a process of reforming going on in me. There's, there's a new life emerging in me. I can, I can feel God putting a, a renewed calling on me and new life is emerging. Is new life emerging for you? What is the, the crisis that is the, bringing the opportunity for new life for you? Because the reforming, it happened for Peter. It's happened for me. It's happened for lots of people. That's our stories that we tell, our stories about reforming, about the resurrection that God works in our life here and now. And folks, we're going to see it in our lives. We're going to see it in our, how we run our households. We're going to see it in how we do our work and our businesses because after COVID, things are going to be different. I know we're, we're addressing that in the church. Pray for your leaders in the church because it is difficult work. How do we use buildings in a new way? How do we reorganize and, and reform staffing? How do we reorganize and redo our ministries? The first Sundays that I mentioned a little while ago, you know, that, doing one service, that's just a process of reforming because we need the vibes of, of community and, and what it is to be church, you know, things that are happening in new ways, ways that church is happening in ways that we don't see if all we do is show up on Sunday morning or if all we do is show up to give out food on Wednesday afternoon. 
you know, uh, you know, we don't see many of the other things. And so there's all of this new formation of church happening. And our signature ministry, what we call now Nourishing Lives, at one time it was called Pack-A-Sack. Some of you might remember when we just packed a sack. But it's reformed over and over again to a ministry of read, feed, and lead. And it's reforming now in the midst of responding to the COVID pandemic and what that means. And there are more connections in the community. And it's the process of forming this new life where it's more than just a, a ministry of New Horizon, but it's a ministry of the region and of the area. Resurrection. Resurrection is reforming new life after the death, after the disaster, after the brokenness. For Peter, it was after the denial and the crisis of the death. But there was true for Peter, you heard it in his preaching, there was new life. It's been true for me over and over and over again. It's true for the church. This resurrection of Jesus, it's a gift. Is it reforming you for new life? Resurrection reforms our relationship with God. It restructures that relationship with God, that Jesus is alive. Jesus is resurrected. And the kingdom of God has broken in and is happening now. Oh, yes, Jesus is coming back, but it's already beginning. I know that's kind of confusing, but that's how we think about it. Jesus is coming back, but it's already beginning. Too often we think of, of heaven and the kingdom of God as something in that, in that, that's, that's coming when Jesus comes back and it's in the distant future, but in the resurrection of Christ, it's happening now. It's beginning and it's happening. It's unfolding. Jesus is alive and the kingdom is here and now. Not only in heaven later, but right here, right now. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray? On earth as it is in heaven, thy kingdom come on earth right here, right now, as it is in heaven. Resurrection is about the kingdom of God breaking into our hearts and our lives and our communities right now. Right now, right in this moment. Reforming us for new life. Because new birth is new life and it's beyond and after all of our disasters where we have this life and we need that good Easter, that good new life, and this resurrection reforms us makes us new, builds us again. Resurrection is about the kingdom of God here and now with Jesus present and walking with us and working with us and forming us all over again for this new life. When we share in Holy Communion, we share in Holy Communion, this is an act of new life. It's so much more than just remembering Jesus and remembering a story. Yes, it's a remembering, but it's an act of the new covenant. It's a new covenant. You know what covenant means? It means new relationship. New relationship, new life. This is an act of resurrection, of new life. Life that's being formed in us by God. Communion is part of God's reformation in you and in me and in the faith community. This is part of the inbreaking of new life. This is the gift of resurrection. New life formed in us by a living Savior. 
Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, we are in need of a good Easter because we're in need of, uh, of new life. And you've given it. You've given it in your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for working in us. Amen. As we uh, turn now for uh, moments of communion, I want to remind you that we are all welcome to come and receive. Communion is open to, uh, to all of us. We will have different stations for communion and served in different ways. And you are welcome to uh, come and receive however is comfortable for you as you come forward. There will be stations of intinction where a dipped piece of the bread is given to you to, uh, to share in that. There are, at the altar, there are individual uh, cups that are here for us to share in, but all of us are welcome to come and receive. Let us bow our hearts together. Most gracious and holy God, we come together around your table, for you are a good and loving God that has offered us this gift of hope, this gift of new life, this gift of, of working with us and in us in the struggles, the disasters, the brokenness that happens in our world and in our lives. And out of that, you, you form us, you mold us, you make us, and, and we are new. Lord, as we come to this table, may we receive this gift, this gift that you offer to us in Jesus Christ, who on the night that he was betrayed, on the night that he would walk into the darkest shadows of death that he lifted up the bread and he broke it and he said take and eat this is my body given for you and do this and remember me and on that night he was betrayed jesus also lifted up the cup and he he gave thanks and he gave it to those who would follow and he said take and drink from this everybody because this is the blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. This is, this is the beginning of a new covenant. This is the beginning of a new relationship. Take and receive this and, and remember me. And so, Lord, as we remember, we come and receive these elements in the expectation of the resurrection, in the expectation of new life, in the expectation that this body and this blood would begin to work a new forming in us, a new formation that we might grow into this new life that you offer in the resurrected Christ. So we pray for your spirit to, to move across us and to move across these elements, that they would truly, really be for us the body and the blood of Christ, and that we might be redeemed, that we might be made new, that we might begin to be reformed, that you might enter into our lives and begin to structure things for us, that we would rise up and go from this table as a unified community of faith in mission and ministry to the world. Lord, let your spirit come and move in us as we share together in this holy gift. Amen.
愛とかもあるし So come as the Lord leads you. We'll have a station of intinction over in this area. The altar has、um, individual cups for you to receive. And there is a station over here with individual elements that you may also receive as you kneel at the,、uh, at the altar. But come and know God's grace.
Lord, we are so grateful for all that you've given us this day. May we rise and go from this place with new life. May we rise up from this table with hope restored. May we uh, come together as the community of faith, but in diverse ways and diverse means we, we share the good news. Amen and amen. Let's sing together. Let's stand and sing. Let's sing of God's victory.
Go now with the blessing and the assurance of the victory. The victory that is won over the tragedy of death in new life in Jesus Christ. Go now in new life. Amen. Amen. Amen.